I probably shouldn't have been uh, watching funny uh, reels but just before I walked out here. <laughs> but man, they were funny. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, I think Sheree's back there with the youth today, right? Sheree and Gabe. Is that right? So um, Hilda and David are uh, vacating, hanging out with family in Texas. So uh, Shree and Gabe have been, have been knighted and gilded and uh, certified to be back there with the youth at least for one day. Praise the Lord. That certification runs out at about 830. <laughs> so pray for them. <laughs> Praise God. I'll just play it. Well, uh, I'm, I'm uh, grateful to God for uh, bringing us together today and looking forward to all that the Holy Spirit is going to do and say here. And uh, so let's, uh, let's, let's jump in. We've been talking about uh, supernatural increase and qualifying for supernatural increase. Now, f first of all, let me establish this. What is supernatural increase? Well, uh, supernatural increase is just what it sounds like. It's anything that you receive uh, supernaturally uh, from the Lord that, uh, that takes you higher, that elevates you. So supernatural increase can come in any area of life. It can come in finance. It can come in... Uh, uh, the, the, it, can, it can come in many forms, but <clears throat> what we've been talking about is <clears throat> God's financial provision for the, for the believer and working our faith and trusting the Lord, especially right now in, uh, in uh, times that seem difficult for people financially. Now, here's the thing about uh, preachers talking about financial uh, increase is that some people believe it's very self-serving. You know, you know what I've never done? It, you know what I've never done? Not only in this church, but anywhere. Is I've, uh, you know, for, uh, for as long as the Lord has entrusted me to preach on the subject of finances, one, one thing I can assure you of is this. Thank you, Debbie. That I have never, and listen, I'll stand before God and every one of y'all will be there, which will be way cool. But we'll, you know, as we stand before the Lord, I can promise you this. He will tell you that I never preached this message for the purpose of personal gain. I mean, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my heart has always been to minister this message in order to help God's people to break out financially in their own lives and to help them to, uh, to, 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 uh, to receive all that the Lord has for them. Uh, because the, the devil would like for you all to stay in a place where you're needy and where you're lacking. And we, we talked about the blessing. You know, uh, really, Hilda, uh, during one of her uh, morning, uh, Sunday morning Bible study, uh, uh, basic Bible study kind of th things that she was doing on Sunday morning, she alluded to this. And in fact, she was able to talk about it more than I was. All I, all I got to do was talk to you all about the blessing over there in Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 28, was it? Chapter 24, whatever, whichever one it is. But all we got to talk about was the blessing. I never did get to go over what the curse was with y'all. And so we were, we were I, I kept trying to get there, but we just never got there. We got too, we got too uh, hyped up and, and uh, over there praising God concerning the blessing. And, uh, but, uh, you know, the Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Amen. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Say that with me. Say Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Amen. So uh, go, to, go with me to the book of uh, 2 Peter. I want to read this to you before we get started. This isn't my text 
Um, I just want to share this with you a little bit. Second Peter chapter 1. Um, hallelujah. And uh, I want to... Um, see you here in the king in the king okay here it is chapter one second peter chapter one um i want i want y'all to get this in your hearts right quick it says uh, in verse 12 it says wherefore i will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things though you know them and be established in in the present truth so um uh what Peter is saying is this. He says, I'm not going to neglect to put you always in remembrance of these things. Now, how many of you know that there are many times we hear, we hear Scripture, we hear people preach on certain subjects, certain topics. Uh, we hear those topics expounded upon. And like for me, this won't be the first time I've talked about supernatural increase. But it will be the first time that some of you hear it. It may not be the first time I say it, but some of you, it'll be the first time you've heard it. It'll be the first time it, you know, something, something goes off in your spirit. But I want you to notice that even Peter, when he's talking here, he's talking and he's telling, I'm not going to neglect to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. So, you know, sometimes I think we, we come and we hear truth and we hear these truths over and over again, and we wonder, well, why, why do we keep hearing this? Why is it that we keep going over this? Well, because, the, you know, the Bible says this, faith cometh by hearing. Notice that verse doesn't say faith cometh by what was heard. Faith doesn't come by what was heard. Faith comes by hearing. Amen. And hearing, and, and it goes on to say, and hearing. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So faith comes by hearing, not what you heard, but by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so we, we expound upon these truths and we continue to, uh, to uh, release these truths. And for some of you, this will be the first time that you hear some of these truths and that they become revelation to you. Some of you, you're going to hear some things tonight and hear some things while you're here at Winter's Church that, I mean, they crank something over in your spirit and it's going to be revelation to you. It's going to be a new truth. I've watched some of y'all experience new truth where, 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 you, where the light bulb came on and you were illuminated. Man, the spirit of God illuminated his word to you and you're like, oh, I never, I never heard that before. Now, go to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Again, I'm just, I'm just trying to start this and set this up. <laughs> uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, uh, verse 6, look what the Apostle Paul says here. Uh, I have planted, <clears throat> I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. I have planted, Apollos watered, 
but God gave the increase. So some plant, others water, but it's God that gets all the glory because he's the one that brings the increase. Now, see, those of you, those of you that have never heard these truths, we're about to plant. You know, when, when the Bible talks about uh, the word of God, it says that the word of God is a seed. It's a seed. And so some of you, we're about to plant the seeds of the word of God in you. And so if you've never heard these truths, then seeds are going to be planted in you. If you've heard them, you know what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to water some seed. Glory to God. I'm going to water some seed. Amen. But you know what? It's God that brings the increase. It's God that gets all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. And he's the one who's glorified in the manifestation and in the bringing forth of these truths and the manifestation of these truths in the life of, of believers. Amen. So we ought to always come together as God's people with, uh, with great expectation and with great joy. Every time we hear the word of God, you know, uh, there have been people that have sat and listen, I remember one time I preached over in, um, in Tuttle. And uh, uh, I was preaching over in Tuttle at a church. And it, wasn't, it didn't seem like it was received very well. We, uh, in fact, the pastor, you know, it, it was okay. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a bad meeting. But it didn't seem like people were really engaged with what I was preaching. And I was preaching on the Holy Ghost. I was preaching on the moving of God's Spirit. I was preaching on uh, what it meant to be filled with the Spirit, how to be filled with the Spirit, be, being yielded to the Spirit, walking after the Spirit. And, um, and so uh, I remember leaving that meeting, and the pastor said, Hey, uh, we, we're going to have you back. We're going to pray about when. And Ted, Ted reminds me of this regular. That was probably... Uh, 25 years ago, 27 years ago, he must still be praying about it because we ain't never heard nothing back from him. But anyway, uh, I, did, I did go back to that church, by the way, uh, but the, the same pastor wasn't there anymore. A different pastor was there. And I, I preached there. And do you know what? It was, it was unusual because I began to preach the exact same message that I had preached there 20 some odd years earlier. The exact set. And listen, you say, how do you remember? Listen, you re some things you just remember. And I remember, I mean, I was preaching out of the same text. I was preaching the same principles. I was preaching the same truths. I was preaching the exact same thing. Well, the sound man in the back after church came to me, he said, hey, do you remember me? He said, you probably don't. It's been many, many years ago. He said, but you came here when another pastor was here. He said, and he says, my, my, my. He says, how you have grown. I have never heard truth come out of somebody's mouth like came out of yours today. I was like, you know what? I said, you might. I said, were you the sound man back then? He said, I was. I said, do you still have recordings from back then? He said, I sure do. I said, go back and listen to that recording and tell me I brought a new truth today. I said, I said the same thing, but you know what? Here's the thing. Some, and nothing on him. Just sometimes when we're, when we're hearing the word, sometimes it's just a, a seed planted. But then we can hear that word. Sometimes. Listen, I've, I've preached a message. I've preached a message over and over and over again where Ted, Ted heard that message for several years. He heard it everywhere I went. And five, six years later, he'd be like, oh, I never heard that before. I'm like, bro, I've been preaching every place we've been going for the past 10 years. He's like, well, I heard it tonight. Boy, I'm, he said, man, I got it. I'm like, praise God. Thank God. Amen. You know, that's what we need to look for. We need to look for the Spirit of God to breathe upon these truths. And listen, don't, don't, ever, don't ever become so, uh, don't ever become uh, so, uh, 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 
Yeah, constipated. Yeah, no, no, yeah. That's what it sounds like, right? <laughs> no, don't ever become so uh, uh, indifferent or um, um, <clears throat> in a place where you're, uh, where you're not being aggressive in your pursuit of truth and your desire to get a greater revelation of these things. It's, it's being in that attitude and in that, that it, it's, it's a, it's your, it's your soul and your spirit and your body. Like we preached on Sunday, all working together for the purpose of facilitating uh, the kind of moving of God's spirit and the kind of revelation and the kind of anointing that, that brings breakthrough and brings freedom. You know, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to show you one, one last scripture. Um, <clears throat> Romans chapter Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Uh, see, I believe that, I believe revelation is, pro, it's progressive. I believe in progressive revelation. Not, now, now be careful how you hear that, because I don't believe that revelation progresses with the culture. In, in other words, God's word doesn't change as the culture changes. God doesn't change his mind about things as people change their mind about things. But revelation is progressive in that we go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And as we go from faith to faith and from glory to glory, we get a better picture of what it is that God was really trying to tell us in certain verses of scripture. So it's our revelation that becomes progressive, not his revelation. So our revelation in, in understanding the truth of scripture, I believe is a progressive. And so we go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. I needed to say this today. I can tell because I could tell I'm already helping y'all. Uh, chapter 12, the book of uh, uh, Romans, it says this. It says, uh, <clears throat> and verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Say, be ye transformed. Be ye transformed. Say it again. Be ye transformed. Say it again. Be ye transformed. Look at someone and tell them, be ye transformed. Be ye transformed. <clears throat> now listen, transformation... I just saw real on this today. Someone else was saying it. Uh, uh, transformation. You know, we're, we've become, the church has become, uh, the culture of the church today has become a culture of us going from event to event. We are so event oriented. We're going to go to power and love. We're going to go, not, not, not to say there's anything wrong with that. We're going to go to, uh, what's that one that the kids went to? Uh, um, acquire the Fire, or we're going to Youth Camp. There's a more recent one. What was that one called? The one Shree went to. What's that one called? Do you remember Ayla, the one Shree was going to? One in Kansas. Anyway, you know, there's, there are these different events that take place um, every, every year. Some events happen every month. Oh, there's a, there's a, there's a, there was a, a Jesus revolution event where they had a big giant baptism at Pirate's Cove. Did y'all see that? Where thousands of people went to get baptized over there in California. Largest baptism that's, that's happened. You know, it's an event. And as Christians, we love to go to events, but you know what? Events aren't transformational. We like the process of 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 uh, we you know the event of becoming pregnant is you know we enjoy that the nine months of pregnancy not so much. Amen. 
So we, we're good with events. But, you know, it's not events that bring about transformation. It's not events. That, it's the process. It's the process. It's the, it's the, it's the going through the, the planting of the seed, the watering of the seed, the bringing forth of the fruit. It's that whole process. So the, the Bible says this. Don't be conformed. If you listen to me, because some of y'all, you love events too. And that's, that's in fact... Most of you, that's where you think church is happening the best, is at all these events. What you don't realize is those aren't the things that are transformational. They're good to have, and they're good to go to. And they're good at, at you know, uh, drawing you, you know, to a place where you uh, commit yourself to the process that God wants to take you through of transformation. Amen. We have an event every year, beginning of the year, Revival. In this church, We're, you know, those are good events to have. But when the Bible says, don't be conformed, but be transformed, look what it says, how you do that, by the renewing of your mind. Well, guess what? That's a process. Your mind isn't going to be renewed. Your whole mind isn't going to be renewed tonight. Your, tonight, what I preach, what I minister, what I teach on tonight is not going to change your mind about money. It's going to begin the process. Are y'all hearing me? It's going to begin the process. But if you're going to be transformed, supernatural increase is not an event. It's a lifestyle. It's a process of transforming your, your, those areas of your life. You know, the Bible says, you know, people say this. Oh, man, we, got, we had 15 souls saved. You didn't have any souls saved. Souls don't get saved. Spirits get saved. It's not souls that change. Souls are not saved. Spirits are saved. People are saved. Uh, souls, according to the book of James, uh, we receive with meekness the engrafted word that is able to save our souls. And so we're in the process of our soul being saved, of our mind, our will, and our emotions being renewed, being transformed. And that process of transformation in our mind, our will, and our emotion, just, just picture your mind and your will and your emotions aligning with what's already working in your spirit. That's what brings about manifestation. That's what brings about transformation. That's what brings these things about. You know, uh, it takes you from being a spectator to a participator. That transformation. That transformation takes you from being the one who's ministered to to being the minister. And I ain't talking about just a minister uh, in, a, in the way of uh, uh, superficially touching the lives of people. <clears throat> uh, for a good part of my ministry, when I didn't understand some of these things, when I, when I didn't understand the power of what I'm talking, and I, I, again, this isn't my text, but I can tell y'all are hearing this. <clears throat> when I first started in ministry, of course, I believe, I believe that the reason why God anointed us and, and put his spirit in us and baptized us in the Holy Ghost and put his spirit upon us is because there's no way that this world is going to be uh, changed unless there is a, not only the word of God being preached, but there is also a demonstration of the spirit and of power. Oh, yeah. Amen. If the gospel cannot go and be preached without demonstration, miracles are a necessity. If God is going to do all the now, listen, I'm not I'm not saying this out of my head. It's not just a thought uh, that I have. This is the Bible. God is not going. God is the model of heaven. The model of the word of God. The model of scripture is the word preached and signs following. 
The word preached inside. Jesus went and he preached and he taught and he demonstrated. He preached and he taught and he demonstrated. When Jesus left and he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Now you go. You know what the Bible says next? They went and they preached and they taught and signs followed God working with them. Amen. When God works with you, there'll be demonstrations of the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know what I didn't understand? Because God touched me with such great anointing, with such great power, with, with such, uh, there was such a transformation that happened in my life. And much of the transformation, I equated that transformation happening in my life to, a, to the divine encounter, to what had happened to me when I got born again. I, I, uh, I chalked it up to the fact that that night when I went to church, when I walked the aisle, that the Spirit of God came upon me. And I, had, I was broken uh, with conviction. And when I knelt there at the altar, I felt, I felt uh, uh, physically felt the fire of the Holy Ghost go from my toes all the way up to the top of my head and then back down to my toes. I mean, I felt the power of God. I felt the Spirit of the living God. I knew in my physical body the reality of you know I'd watched I'd watch Jesus of Nazareth on TV every Easter when he'd come when when they'd show it on NBC or ABC or whatever but listen all of a sudden what they had shown us in Sunday school they had stuck that paper Jesus on that sticky board you remember that fuzzy fuzzy back Jesus they put I mean he went from being a fuzzy back piece of paper to becoming a reality to now now uh, when, when, when he touched me that way, there was no one that was going to persuade me that he wasn't alive. In fact, that's the first thing that came out of my mouth when I looked at the guy next to me at that altar in that Mennonite church. While, right after I had been cussing in my prayer and, and being all kind of foolish, and, but the Lord touched me. The first thing I said when the Spirit of God came through my body is I looked at the guy next to me and I said, He's real! He's real. And I remember that guy looked at me in shock. He's like, yeah. But you know what? I didn't believe that he believed it. Because if, if, if he was real to me and it was, it was having this effect on me, I thought, you can't know how real he is because it's not affecting you in the same way as it's affecting me. So it, it was very impactful. That, and, and it's never changed for, for, for all the gener every generation that comes along. It never changes. When you have a power encounter with God, you believe that that is the key to everything. What you don't realize until later is if you had had that same encounter and you had never been introduced to the word of God, to the gospel. See, encounters, oh dear God, you got to think about the prophet Elijah. The prophet, the prophet Elijah called fire down from heaven, slew over 400 prophets of Baal. I mean, you want to talk about a power encounter. This, this dude rolled up on a bunch of prophets built him an altar, threw water on it, dug a ditch. Y'all know the story. Not only did God come down and answer by fire for the prophet Elijah, not only did God receive the sacrifice of, of, the, uh, of the slain animal, but by the time the fire of God got done, uh, the, not only was the, was the sacrifice consumed, the altar was consumed, the water was consumed, the dirt around the sacrifice was consumed. I mean, God licked every bit of it up. And then Elijah proceeded to slay these prophets of Baal. Here he had this supernatural divine encounter from God. And yes, and, Jeze and then he, he gets word from Jezebel. I'm, it's going to be the same for you like it was for these prophets. 
You know what? When, 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 when trouble comes, I don't care what you've seen God do. I don't care if Jesus came and stood next to you and put his finger on your head and finger, he put his finger in both your palms, grabbed both your big toes and, and, you, and, you, and you felt the fire of God. Because listen, I've, I've, I've watched, I've, I've been in meetings where, Annie, Annie was in this meeting, she'll tell you, where the wind of the spirit blew into the building. Not, not like comes off of these, because we hear people say that all the time. Oh, you feel that? If you, anybody feel, I'm feeling it. I feel a breeze. Listen, there was no doubt in that building that night. It wasn't a breeze. It was a wind. And it came with a sound. It came with a, when, when we had the record, when I got the, we used to put, put uh, we used to record services on tape. And when I got the tape of the service, you could literally, every, every about 20 seconds, you could literally hear the wind blowing across the microphones on the tape. You, it would get quiet, and then you'd hear. And then all you'd hear is pandemonium. And then. And pandemonium. Listen, you think you'd have an encounter like that and you'd be, man, you'd be a giant for the rest of your life spiritually. But you know what? When trouble comes, it's not an experience. It's not a, uh, it's not the woo-woo. It's not the woo-woo that's going to carry you. It's, it's not the woo-woo that upholds you. It's not the woo-woo that sustains you. It's not the woo-woo that lifts you up. It's God, listen, it's, it's the thing that the Bible says will be here forever. When everything else is gone, God's word remains the same. Come on, y'all. The Bible says that the world, that when God spoke, the world came into existence on his word, on his word. You, you, know, you know why you can't believe climate change? Because climate change would be against the word of God. You understand? There is, you, you know, there's not, there's not going, it's not no global, there's no global, global warming. There's going to be global melting one day. But I'm going to tell you right now, when God set things in motion, we're not big enough to set, to, we're not big enough to knock the earth into a place where God's word placed it. When God's, well, y'all ain't hearing me. Y'all ain't hearing me. God hung the world on his word. It's still hanging on his word. It hadn't moved yet. Some of y'all hung a picture in your house three years ago and it ain't even hanging the same. It's crooked. But see, God's word is stronger than anything that we can do. Anything that we can place, God's word is stronger. His word, heaven and earth will pass away. His word will never pass away. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. So um, we renew our minds with the word of God. That, the, the most of the reason why you all were transformed is because the experience of the power of God's spirit was met with a word, some gospel preached, some word of God preached, someone had dragged you to church at some point. And when those two mixed together, it was transformational.
It's transformational. That's, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for transformation. I don't know about y'all. I'm tired. I'm, I'm really tired of just, just having events. I'm not done with events. Don't get me wrong. Because we get off course when we're like, bless God, you know, because some people be, you know, they get that, they get a revelation and they're like, y'all need to take your, take, you know, they get like Johnny Paycheck. Take your events and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Uh, maybe I went back too far. Anyway, um, we, need, we need all of it. We need all of it. But I, we've got to, there, there's a, in a, this generation, there's a lack of willingness on the part of people to really uh, hear and adhere to, listen to, submit to the word of God. Now, if it comes through prophecy, I, I, I see the Lord on you. Uh, well, then we get. I'm, I got a prophecy for y'all. Uh, hear the word God preached. Read your Bible. Crack open the book every now and again. Read it. Read it. Say, I don't understand it. You don't have to understand it. Read it. It's powerful whether you understand it or not. You know how many times I've read this book, didn't understand what I was reading until the Spirit of God breathed on it. And then I was glad that I had read it that day that the Spirit of God breathed upon it. I was like, thank God I read that 10 million times. Thank God I read that, you know, as many times as I did. Because there was a moment when the Spirit of God breathed upon it and it became revelation to me and uh, it was transformational. Amen. Amen. So, let's get on with it. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's always my hope that people will, will hear and understand and know what, it, what we're talking about and uh, that it will, I'm not, really, I'm not really for people just coming and getting excited. Now, some, in, in some cases, like when we go to Defiance here on Friday, we'll, we'll go to Defiance, we'll have revival Friday through Sunday. We're just going to go over there. I'm going to preach. I'm going to slap a bunch of people on the head and I'm coming home Sunday. It's going to be an event. I'm not sure how much transformation is going to take place there, but we're going to go and we're going to be like, <laughs> touch. I'll be like Benny Hinn, touch. And, and God's going to touch people. Oh, yeah. um, but, but around here at Winter's Church, we're going to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. For some of you, I'm going to plant some seeds. For some of you, I'm going to water some seeds. But here's, here's one thing I, I know. God's going to bring the increase. Amen. All right, qualifying for supernatural increase. So let me give you a few scriptures. Deuteronomy 8.1. Write that down. Deuteronomy 8.1. All the commandments which I command you this day shall you observe to do, that you may live, multiply, and go in and possess the land that I swore unto your fathers. Amen. Deuteronomy 8.1. These are foundational scriptures. They will help you. The word of God uh, is always right. Now, I know some of you are like, well, you know, um, I, don't, I don't remember the Lord giving anything to my daddy. Well, uh, the word of God is right. <laughs> this, uh, this promise is for you. And, well, you know, I, I, I think, well, you ought to think on the word of God. Before you think on anything else, think on the word of God. Don't, lie, don't allow your circumstances to grab your thought life and send it in the direction that your, your natural man wants to take it. Don't go, by your, don't go by your previous experiences. 
Listen, you can't believe God. You can't, have, you can't have faith in God and have faith according to your previous experiences. Do you know if you go to God and say, God, you did it before because you did it before. I know you'll do it again. Now, that's, it's, it's good in songs, you know. You say you move, you move the mountain, and I believe you're going to do it again. You know, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. Just take a look at where you are now and where you have been. Hasn't he always come through for you? He's the same God as then. Don't you know God will not change? You may not know how. You may not know, you know. It's okay. It's okay to count on God doing it again. But when you approach God, you can't approach God and say, God, uh, uh, Lord, you healed Talisha. And based on the fact you healed Talisha, I'm believing you to heal me. You know, that's not how God wants us to. God wants us to believe him because of we know what his word says. Not because of what he did for Talisha. Do you know why we can't go to God based on what he did for Talisha? Because if we do that, then we'll believe all kinds of stuff. Like some of y'all, supernatural increase. Some of y'all are like, well, you know, of course, Pastor Zig's going to have supernatural increase. You know, though he's special. Of course, Benny Hinn's going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to get healed. Because Benny Hinn, he's special. When we look at things outside of the word of God, outside of the promises of God, then we'll come up with reasons why God won't do it for us and why he did it for somebody else. And God don't want us coming to him based on what he did for somebody else. He wants us coming to him. Now, again, when you look at testimonies in scripture, that's the word of God. And so, yeah, we can come with Gideon or we can come with, you know, um, Moses or we can come with Daniel or we can come with one of them because that's, that's Bible. And we can be encouraged by what God's done for Carolyn, what God's done for Nikki, what God's done for Lewis, what God's done for Talisha. And we can certainly testify and give praise to God. But we've got to believe God, not according to our previous experience or someone else's experience, but we've got to believe him because of what his word said. One time I went to a church. It was in um, Brunswick, Ohio. And we were there and I had preached for a week. And again, you know, when I go out, I, I try to encourage people to be filled with the Spirit, to walk after the Spirit. So I was talking about the Holy Ghost at this church. It was a, it was a uh, traditional, um, classical, Pentecostal church, Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee. And uh, these were tongue-talking, you know, believers. And uh, old-school Church of God, Pentecostal, classical Pentecostal. So I'm talking to them about the Holy Ghost. Well, you know, I'd get up there and preach on the Holy Ghost, and I would, they'd, they'd be shouting. They'd be like, amen, you know, praise God. And, man, I mean, every night I felt like we were right there. Man, we were right at the door of breaking through and getting filled with the Spirit. But the minute, minute I would uh, give the altar call, everything would just kind of, it's like someone flushed a toilet. Everything that had built up was now flushed away, you know? And, <clears throat> I mean, it would build and build. And, I mean, night after night after night, every night I'd look at Ted and say, Ted, what in the world's wrong with these people? 
Why in the world aren't we having a breakthrough? Of course, Ted's like, well, it's only our first couple days. You know how it is. It's, 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 it's only our first week. <laughs> it's only our first week. And so I'm like, well, Ted, I, I just feel like, you know. And, of course, Ted, he's always there to hear me uh, say these kinds of things. And so we went night after night. And then Friday night came and, and uh, thought for sure we'd have a breakthrough Friday night. Sure enough, we didn't have a breakthrough. I just expected the whole altar to be filled with people on, on Friday night. Nobody came. And <clears throat> after the service, the pastor said, man, I feel like that we're right on the threshold of a big breakthrough. I was like, welcome to the club. I feel the same way. Oh, yeah. He said, why don't you come back Sunday? I'm like, man, I don't know if I can handle another disappointment. <clears throat> he said, come back Sunday. Let's see what happens. So I was like, okay. So we came back Sunday, and I came back Sunday determined. So on that night when we were driving home uh, on Friday before Sunday even came, or maybe it was on the way to church on Sunday, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, son, he said, the reason why these people aren't getting their breakthrough is because they have more faith in their previous experiences with me than they have faith in my word. They have more faith in the previous experiences they've had with me and they don't have faith in my word. And I was like, that's unusual. I'd never, I'd never heard that. I'd never heard that. You know what happened on Sunday? Sunday I got up, I preached another message on the Holy Ghost. After I got done preaching the message, finally someone came forward. A, a young, in fact, I think it's the youngest person in the building. She's probably 19. The rest of them were in their 60s. And she came forward. And I said, what'd you come for? She said, well, I came to be filled with the Holy Ghost. She said, you've been preaching on it all week. She said, I've been, I've been wondering if I ought to come up here. She said, but uh, I know I haven't received the Holy Ghost. And I want to receive the Holy Ghost. I said, well, where are you from? She said, from right here. I grew up in this church. I was like, well, is your family here? She said, yeah, my, my grandma's right back there. She was one of the founding members of this church. She's 90 years old. And she said, she's the oldest lady in the church sitting in the back. I said, sister, are you here? Grandma, are you here? That, that old lady lifted up her hand. She's like, yeah, I'm here. I said, come up here. I probably shouldn't have done that. I said, come up here, grandma. And they, a bunch of people helped her up, you know. She kind of hobbled up there. People stood with her. Of course, Ted, you know, Ted being all gentle with her and patting on her and whatnot. <laughs> and uh, so they, they get up there and here's this granddaughter and her grandmother and, uh, or maybe it's her great grandma, I can't remember, but they're standing there. And I said, so you want to receive the Holy Ghost? She said, yes. She said, I've been waiting on other people to get up and receive the Holy Ghost. She said, nobody's been getting up. She said, but I need the whole, I need to be filled with the spirit. She said, one time I went to a charismatic church and they tried to teach me how to talk in tongues. She said, but I didn't feel like that was right. And you know, they, 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 just, they just prayed over me and they said, now say this, Shandala, Handala, you know, should have bought a Honda. You know, they tried to talk her through it. And, and she was like, I just didn't feel.
feel right about that. I was like, well, you were probably doing good to not feel right about that, you know? And so I said, so I said, here's what's going to happen. I said, uh, the Bible says that God will fill the Holy Ghost. God will fill anyone with the Holy Ghost if they ask him. Jesus said that anyone who asks God to be filled with the Spirit, they will be filled with the Spirit. If they ask for the Holy Ghost, they will receive the Holy Ghost. I said, the Holy Ghost is for you. God's going to fill you. I said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, we're going to pray together. I'm going to lay my hands on you. The moment I lay my hands on you, the Spirit of God is going to come upon you. And just like he did with those in the days of old, God's Spirit is going to come upon you. And you're going to begin to speak in an unknown tongue as the Spirit of God gives you utterance. And God's going to gloriously fill you with the Holy Ghost baptism. And we're all going to rejoice. You know what? If we'd have stopped there, it would have been awesome. But grandma piped in. Grandma says, wait a minute. Her voice even creaked, kind of broke there, squeaked, squeaked a little bit. Wait a minute. I said, I said, what is it? Because, you know, you got to respect your elders. I said, what is it, grandma? She said, that ain't the way I got the Holy Ghost. When I got the Holy Ghost years ago, and listen, this is the most life I saw this woman have the whole time we was there in church. <clears throat> when I got the Holy Ghost years ago, I went to church and I got there on Sunday uh, and, and I went and I, I, I tarried uh, and waited on the Spirit. Uh, uh, glory to God. Uh, and I waited like they did uh, in Jerusalem. The Bible said uh, that Jesus said, tarry here in Jerusalem uh, uh, until you be endued with power. Uh, from on high. Glory to God. Uh, hallelujah. And, and she said, so I you might have to tarry here for a few months. I tarried for a whole year. Every day after church, I skipped lunch and I waited on the Lord. And finally he saw fit uh, by his graciousness and his divine will to fill me with his spirit. But I was content to wait on him like they waited on him in the begin now see i had heard about tarrying for the holy ghost but i never actually met someone that had and so i'd heard brother hagan talk about and I, I got i came up in the mennonite church so i heard brother hagan talk about tarrying and back in the back in the day uh, probably ralph tell us something about this he grew up classical pentecostal but uh, in the classical Pentecostal church, that's the way they believed. You tarried on the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus said, now, don't get, don't get me wrong. Uh, there's something to be said about waiting on the Lord. Don't, don't get me wrong. But they, they almost made it a doctrine like you couldn't receive the Holy Ghost instantaneously. They made it a, a rule. You're going to tarry. And you're going to wait here. And there'd be, a, there'd be people tarry with you. There'd be about six or seven church mothers hang out with you. And they'd be, they'd, they'd be praying for you every day. One of them would be pushing back on you, say, hang on. And then someone would be pushing you forward saying, turn loose. Hang on. Turn loose. Hang on. Turn loose. Then you had one of them popping you on the bottom of the chin. You didn't know whether to hang on or turn loose. 
<clears throat> yeah, they did. They, some Pentecostal people caught Ted one time. Some, some old, uh, uh, and now we're Pentecostal. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, I mean, classical Pentecostal people, some of them old-timers in the Church of God got a hold of Ted at a camp meeting one time, and, boy, they were shaking on him, and, and, and they were telling him, hang on! And then one was going to turn loose. And I, I, I finally went up to him because Ted, uh, Ted looked distressed. I let him do that. I let, him do, I let them do that to him for about a half hour. <laughs> and then I finally walked up, and I said, Ted, just go to praying in tongues. And so he, he started shaking it up. But they're like, he got it! He got it. They began to rejoice. I, I went and shouted with them. I'm like, "Woo! finally. <laughs> but anyhow, when this grandma said you had to tarry. Now, of course, you know, when you look at scripture, it says Jesus told them, tarry. Now, if you're going to do it scripturally, you got to not just tarry, but you got to tarry in the city of Jerusalem. But, so, but they took apart. And, and you know why? Because, you know, there's, there are times when some people don't feel like they got baptized in the Spirit. So they're waiting on that. They got to feel what they're feeling when they're feeling what we feel right now. <laughs> so if, you, if you're not feeling it, then you got to wait until you feel it at least. It was in some people's minds. But I said, oh, I said, I said, you, you tarried. I said, I've never met anybody that really tarried. And I think I might have offended her. Not inadvertently, I was just amazed. I was like, wow, that really was, I mean, I never met anybody like that. And, and uh, again, I sh probably shouldn't have let that girl talk because then the, uh, uh, a relative, another relative of this girl came forward and said, yeah, you know, um, I have some other questions, too, about some of the things that have been going wrong, on around here. She said, you, when you talk in tongues, you, you act like you can talk in tongues anytime you want to. I mean, you just go to rattling off in tongues. She said, the way I learned it was, you don't talk in tongues uh, unless you feel uh, the Spirit of God. I mean, that's how it was. I mean, all of a sudden, these people start showing life when they start reminiscing about how they heard it. And I found out. See, these folks didn't have faith in the Word of God. They had faith in their previous experiences. And in the previous experiences of their grandmother. And in the previous experiences of their grandfather. And in the previous experiences of their you know, previous pastor. They weren't, they weren't exercising faith in the Word of God. And that was it. That was the reason why we couldn't get a breakthrough. Because <laughs> the only way these people could get a breakthrough and really receive is if they received it the way they had received it before. Well, guess what? There's only one place in the Bible where it records there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and that's in Acts chapter 2. But the Bible does say that others received the baptism in the Holy Ghost, and we know that they did because, number one, the Bible says they did. Number two, it says the one thing that they did have in common with the people on the day of Pentecost, and, and the reason why we believe that the initial evidence of the baptism in the Holy Ghost is speaking with other tongues is because all through the book of Acts, that's the one thing that is recorded over and over and over again is that they received the Holy Ghost and they spoke in other tongues. There wasn't always a sound from heaven. 
In fact, they didn't always tarry. Because the Bible says when Jesus went up in Cornelius' house, while he was talking to them, they got filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. And, and then when Peter came to tell the testimony, he said, they received the Holy Ghost just like we did. And it was in a moment. Oh, come on, somebody. Surely I'm teaching better than y'all are shouting amen today. <laughs> We, we, have to resist the, we have to resist the temptation. Listen, I thank God for all the things that he's done. I thank God for all the demonstrations of the power of his spirit. But you know what? We've got to be willing to allow God to do what he's going to do based on his word. And guess what? Sometimes God's word is very open-ended. And there's a lot of different ways that he can do different stuff. For example, I mean, what took me here was... This one verse. All the commandments which I command you this day shall you observe to do. Now, how open-ended is that? All the commandments which I command you this day shall you observe to do. All, now, you say, well, what commandments has he commanded me this day? I don't know. What has he commanded you to do today? What, have you asked him? Have you inquired of the Lord? Lord, what are you looking for from me today? You know, sometimes he'll speak to you by his spirit and he'll give you something to do that day. Other times you'll ask him and you won't hear nothing in your, your spirit, but you might be reading the word and the word will say, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And you'll be like, well, that's a, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Well, that's a commandment right there. <laughs> Amen. That's a commandment right there. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Well, there's a commandment right there. Praise him with the timbrel. Praise him with the harp. Praise him with the, the cymbals, the high sounding cymbal. Praise him in the dance. Well, that's a word. That's a command. That's a command, isn't it? Now, you might have read that in the book, and, and, if, and if you read it in the Bible, and it, it, it stirred something in you. Now, I know, listen, I know it feels ridiculous in the middle of your house to jump up out of your chair and begin to dance before the Lord. If you live in an upstairs apartment, probably the people downstairs aren't going to be too happy with some of us, especially if you're a jumbo like me, uh, dancing around before the Lord and, and shouting it in, in, a, in a second floor, third floor of an apartment building. But when, amen, but when you read this scripture, all the commandments, all the commandments which I command you this day, shall you observe to do? Why? So you can live. So you can live. Well, what kind of life is this talking about? It's not talking about natural. It's not talking about just living, breathing in and out, walking, talking, eating, sleeping, working. It's talking about the kind of life that Jesus talked about when, in John 10, 10, when he said, the thief comes not before to steal, kill, and destroy, but I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen. Amen. He's talking about abundant life. Well, you know what that word abundantly means in that verse of scripture? It means excessive. It means profuse. It means surplus. Yes. 
It means more than enough. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are y'all hearing this today? That's the kind of life it's talking. It's talking about the excessive life. The prof- Amen. See, some people there, well, you know, that I don't want to be excessive. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, that's the nature of God. God is a God of excess. He's not a God of waste. He is a God of more than enough. Glory to God. That's why we talk about supernatural increase. But you know what? It doesn't start off. Now, see, what we want is we want the life without the obedience. I'm preaching. Isaiah 119 says this. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient... Do you know you don't have to feel it to be obedient? You don't even have to feel it to be willing. You just got to make the decision. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. See, we want the, we want the life. It's almost like we want the life just to prove to us that the obedience is worth it. Well, what if it don't work? Listen, you already got off on the wrong foot. Because that's not, you know what? There's nowhere in the book that says, what if it don't work? There's no provision for what if it don't work. In fact, the Bible, in fact, the Bible says that he's the God that not only will he never fail, not only has he never failed, but he can't fail. Amen. There's no fail in him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He always succeeds. His word always works. Well, y'all think I'm always telling y'all those verses of scripture. He watches over. I see, y'all, I'm sure, I'm sure those scriptures come out of y'all's mouth when you talk to people. It's got to. It's got, when you're praying, those scriptures got to come out. I say those things to y'all so much, they, they have to have taken up root in your life. You have to start thinking when you think of the word of God. God, you will watch over your word to perform it. Lord, you, 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 if you said it, God, your word will accomplish what it was set out to do. It will not fail. Not one word will drop to the ground. It will produce everything that you intended for it to produce do you know what let me tell you something god's word for god's word to produce isn't dependent on you being good it isn't dependent on you on you living (laughs) come come up here ayla i'm going to share something Tell them what Brother Hagin said about the sins that God's concerned about. Uh, Brother Hagin said that God showed him that he's more concerned with people in the church who feel like they have it all together but won't run when he says run and won't, you know, so let's say sing a song, won't pray in tongues when he says pray in tongues than he is with people who are out partying or doing what we consider the big sins um, he's more concerned with people's hearts. <laughs> Tell them the categories. It's sins of, of, of uh, what do you call them? Uh, there are sins of omission. There are sins of, of 
Do you remember? I don't remember that part. Okay. I, I figured you had a mind like a steel trap. I figured you might I remember. I think you told me that part. Yes. <laughs> You're probably right. And I, you know I ain't got to. I got to go back and look at it again. But there are, there are sins. We consider these sins of us partying and, uh, you know, uh, things that, you know, th you know what I'm talking about, things of that nature. We never consider that the things that God really has a problem with are what I'm talking about today. Not being obedient to do whatever it is that he's telling you to do right now. And you know where the devil will work on you at? Is to try to get you to believe that that is the least, the, the least important thing for you to concern yourself with is whether you ought to jump up and shout today. Whether you ought to get out and run around this church like a, like a mad woman. You know what? Because we, we, don't because we don't understand. We don't understand that these acts of obedience, when the Lord commands us to do something, those are things that, that uh, release things in the spirit. I don't, I, I'm not going to pretend to understand it. You know, God told, God told the children of Israel when uh, they were at Jericho, he said, here's what I want you all to do. I don't want you to pick up a weapon. I don't want you to pick up a rock. I don't want you to pick up a stick. I don't want you to draw. I don't want you to, I don't want you to load a gun. I don't want you to load a cannon. I don't want you to uh, uh, get a panzer tank. I don't want you to, I don't want you to call in the, you know, the blue angels, the green angels, the purple angels. I don't want you to do anything. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and I want you to walk around. I want you to walk around those walls for seven days. Don't say a word. Is it that warm? It's warm in here, ain't it? Did, did, did it work? All right. It's just the day, isn't it? Just the day. Well, you don't want to go to hell. I'm telling you right now. You don't want to go to hell. You don't want to go to hell. Listen, we in here. We in here right now. We in here right now. Even them guys that sing the Highway to Hell song, they know that good well they don't want to go to hell. They have them flames on their stage. They stay away from them. But anyway, <clears throat> glory to God. It's those acts of obedience. So you say, but Brother Zig, what if, I, what if I never hear? But do you tune your ear to hear? How aggressive are you in the pursuit of hearing what the Lord is trying to say to you today that will, that will trigger that release that'll be the key to your breakthrough. Well, I'm, I'm just not sure that's the Lord telling me. You know, you know what you do then? You do it, if it's not sin, you do it anyhow. For example, if you heard, if you heard shout is shouting a sin? Is it wrong? If you shouted, would that be a sin? Would that be wrong? No. So then you know what you do? You go ahead and shout. Go ahead now. Just in case. Just in case. You don't wait till you feel, you know, you don't wait till you all, because some people think they got to be worked up, you know. Ah! 
It, yeah, so <laughs> it is a good start. <laughs> like revving a Harley. You know, you. <laughs> Sometimes it's just sharing with someone. Okay. I remember, Anna, can I, can I share something? You, a testimony you gave me. Um, I believe it was Anna. Anna was, there was a customer. Anna, was, Anna had been trying to be obedient to the Lord in her finances. She was, she was hitting a wall financially. She was really believing and trusting the Lord for supernatural increase. And she had been obedient to do some things that were abnormal. I'm going to tell you, I thank God for people in this church that will get out there and get crazy. Joe and Jess, I've seen them get crazy. I've seen, listen, I've seen them do something. In fact, you know, I might as well just look at all of you. All of you have been nuts at least a time or two. In the area of finance. Miss Carolyn, boy, I'm seeing her all the time. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Miss Carolyn, she, she is on the brink of one of the greatest breakthroughs she's ever had. She'd be calling me saying, the Lord told me to do this. I'm like, Miss Carolyn, Miss Carolyn, boy, he said, you must be listening because <laughs> she, she, I think she's taking everybody else's words. I think God's trying to talk to other people and they ain't listening. So he's just go to Carolyn and say, I need for you to do something else. Because he's looking. God's looking for those that will be obedient. Are y'all hearing me today? You know, what, you know what makes obedience hard? When you start considering all the negative. When you start considering things that aren't the word of God. You know, God didn't call you to protect yourself. He said he was your refuge. Come on now. See, some of you don't realize it, but you're protecting yourself from the Lord. Anyway, Anna got out there, and she was, she was being obedient. And then she called me one day. She said, someone came into the bank. And I can't remember what it was. If they asked you how things were going or something, something of that, of that nature. And anyway, they had said that the Lord had put it on their heart to give you something. It was several, it was a couple hundred bucks. Do you remember what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know it's a long time, but I'm, yeah. But I'm thinking about it. How the Lord supernaturally blessed you, and they their mind had been on you. From what remember, their their thoughts had been on you. Like they were like, I just been thinking about it, and I have to do this for you. And I don't know if they gave it to you at at work or if they sent it to you in the mail or they mailed it to you. And you got it in the mail, and it was, it was, it was, it was an on-time blessing. It was an on-time. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you had to think about this. You know what I do when it, whenever I'm contemplating these things? I think about moments like that. I don't care how small or how big the offering is. The offering may not have even met all of Anna's needs. But it was more than what she had. It wasn't all she needed, but it was one. I remember you get telling me a testimony of someone that called you up and was like, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm doing up fairly well. I mean, you, you know, you, you don't mind if I tell a little, I'm not going to tell it. 
But you, you had a need. But you, you had gotten your faith out there already. Gotten your faith out there. And they said, hey, we're, not only are we going to pay our bill, but we're going to give you extra. We're going to send you more than what we owe you. Because we, we don't want you to go away. We want you to be blessed. We want you to have more than enough. Amen. Do you know if God can do that once, he can do that 50 times, 100 times, 250 times. See, we, we've, we've just got to trust that God is able to do those things and do them as he desires whenever he... Now, listen, you still had issues in your life then. You had difficulties you was going through. You were struggling and wrestling with unbelief. You didn't even have your mind wrapped around the word of God concerning provision. And he did it for you when you didn't, get, you didn't have a full revelation. Glory to God. Glory to God. And we're just talking about living. Abundant life, amen. Live, multiply, go and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your father. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. The Lord has sworn many things to uh, those that came ahead of us. You know what? Too many people talk about generational curses. We need to start talking about generational blessing. You know, you know what will take care of generational curses? When you understand that the blessing is greater than the curse. Ted's, gra Ted's granddad was a Christian. Grandpa Kelly <laughs> played the organ at church. <laughs> he was a Freemason, but he was born again. Anyhow, <laughs> I like to mess with Ted about it. Anyway, <laughs> he's like, my grandpa went to heaven. I said, Ted, he was a Mason. I'm not sure he made it. But I was just messing with him. Now, his grandpa, he's a, he was a godly man. He's a godly man. Uh, he was a generous man. Not everyone in Ted's life was generous. But Grandpa Kelly was generous. If he had a little money when Ted came, he'd look around, make sure that nobody was looking. Reach into that hiding place. Because if, if Ted's mother or his grandmother found out where he hid his stash, it'd disappear. So he'd, he'd hide it in different places. He'd pull it out and he'd, he'd slide Ted a 20, a 50, a hundred dollars just to be a blessing to him. And he'd say, don't tell nobody. <laughs> Isn't that what he'd tell you, Ted? Don't tell your mother. Don't tell your grandmother. <laughs> you know, when you're generous like that and you're, you go to heaven and you don't receive that harvest, guess what? There are generations that come after you. That's, that's what this scripture is talking about. You're going to receive the land that the Lord swore to your fathers. Some of y'all living in an apartment, God has a house for you. Amen. Some of y'all, God has two houses for you. Now, now see this where you got to be careful because, because some people are like, oh, here we go. 
Now they're going to talk about mansions and Rolls Royces. But listen, there's no limits. You got to take off the limit. Well, I'd, I'd, if I had my brothers, I'd rather just drive around an old beat-up pickup truck like Sam, like Sam Walton did. You know, he was a billionaire, owned Walmart, and he just drove around a beat-up old pickup truck. I'm going to tell you something. That's not the only car he had. That might have been his favorite car. That might have been the car he took around the ranch. <sighs> drove around in his orange orchards. Visited his many properties. Listen, that old man might have rolled up to the airport to get in his jet. In that truck. But don't be fooled. Listen, don't be. Nobody met old Sam Walton in, in economy class. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But see, you got you got you got to start looking to the place the Scripture tells you to look toward. And you know, it's not a pro God ain't gonna, He doesn't want to take you. Uh, God doesn't want to just take you. It, men, men, and we 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 start training people like this from the time they're kids. You know, if you'll do this, I'll do this for you. Well, and if you'll eat your food, we'll take you to the zoo. Lewis, if you clean your room. We'll go to the movies. You know, we're looking for something in, you know. But God, all he wants you to do is believe what he said. Be obedient to him. When he says something, believe it. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all would do good to just get real radical in that. Amen. Well, I make people uncomfortable. Well, listen, I make people uncomfortable. I would make people uncomfortable when I was going through obeying the Lord with this stuff. They would be uncomfortable. They wouldn't want to go out with me. They wouldn't want to hang out with me. Because I might just take out to shouting right there in the middle of the mall. I might get down on my knees, lift up my hands. Man, there was many times I was in, in the middle of a classroom in class and began to sing a song. In praise to the Lord. Had teachers that were violent toward me because they didn't understand. They thought I was nuts. And I was. Amen. Amen. So I gave you some scriptures, right? Did I give you plenty? Deuteronomy 8 1, uh, Isaiah 1 19, um, John 10 10. Uh, you know, uh, yep. Amen. Any questions on any of this? Yes, sir. Uh, sorry? What happened to the lady who wanted to hold That we wanted to tarry? Unfortunately, the young lady, when we prayed for her, didn't receive the baptism because she started to consider all the things that she had heard. And we did end up, though, that night getting a breakthrough. Because we did figure that, and I preached a message. I said, some of y'all have more faith in your previous experiences than you do. Here's what you have to understand about previous experiences. God may do something one time, one way, but he may never do it that way again in your life. And we may, we, we like patterns. We like formulas. 
We like for one plus one to equal two and two plus two to equal four. But you know what? God, God, he'd be like uh, three, uh, three, 300 minus 270 is growth. You know, when Gideon's army was coming together and there was 300 of them and that 300 dwindled to 30 and God said, now you got you an army. Right. No, we had an army when we had 300. No, you better off with the 30. That's right. See, that's the stuff that messes with us because we don't understand that. part. We don't understand that when we've toiled all night long and caught nothing and God says, give away your nets. What are you talking about, Lord? Man, when we raised all that money for the airplane, <laughs> we raised all that money for the airplane. And I mean, we're about to pull the trigger on an airplane, Brandon. And the Lord says, I want you to give that to that fellow over there. I'm like, what? I'm like, devil, I bind you. Because why would the Lord do that? Because if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm fully persuaded of? I'm fully persuaded if I hadn't given that money the way that I did, the way the Lord told me to do with that first airplane, if I hadn't had sown that first airplane, man, there's no way the Lord been able to do some of the stuff that he's done for us, not only with airplanes, but here at Winter's Church. Listen, it opened up a door of provision. Amen. Now, have, I always, have I always done everything exactly the way he told me? Nope. That's why I haven't hit the million flow. Go ahead, man. Because I still wrestle with poverty thinking. I just figured you need to you need to know that. Amen. There's reasons why we haven't yet achieved those things that God really wants us to achieve. But you know what? I'm not dead yet. I still have breath in my body. I'm still determined to get it done in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Working it out. Praise the Lord. But we did have good, we did end up having a, I think we went the remain, we went a second week and uh, finally got a breakthrough and people began to get filled with the Spirit and they began to realize that the Holy Spirit was working. Because see, when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, all they received was tongues. And uh, when they started receiving the Holy Ghost in these meetings, people started getting laid out and drunk in the spirit and they, could, they, couldn't, they couldn't even move and they'd never had anything like that happen to them before. So uh, we'd be at church two o'clock in the morning, people be laying in the parking lot, couldn't, couldn't leave. They'd be, laying, they'd be slumped over the wheels of their cars, drunk in the Holy Ghost. Okay. Some of them be laying on the hood of their car, drunk in the spirit. It's the wildest thing you ever saw in your life. But it wasn't, con it wasn't contrived. It wasn't something that they had, they were trying to mimic. So it, was a, it was truly a move of the spirit. It was powerful. Uh, unfortunately, what happens when God starts doing stuff like that is people want to try to mimic it. They want to try to they want to try to remanufacture it because it's a, it's a very appealing when the Holy Spirit does it. But the minute you try to start manufacturing it yourself, it becomes very ugly. And it, it certainly doesn't produce the same results. So being obedient to the Lord and doing what he tells you to do in the moment that he tells you to do, whatever that produces, however he, however he works. You know, some of you, you might get out there and fall into a trance. And the church you're at, when you fall into a trance, you may end up at the hospital having a, a CAT scan. That's right. 
Because there's Pentecostal churches, they don't, they don't, they're so far away from the move of the Spirit, they think something's wrong with you rather than think God's doing something with you. Go ahead, man. Amen. But obedience to God, then that's the, that's the number one. Any, any other questions? Yes, Evan. Huh? Praise the Lord. I remember that testimony. It goes exactly with what you're saying. Um, I wasn't at work, but I had sowed some money, and it kind of left me in a place where I had like maybe $5 for the rest of the week. And I had received a check in the mail from somebody that I knew, and the letter said, hey, I don't know why, uh, I'm sending you this, but ever since I see, she seen me like maybe two weeks ago. She's like, I couldn't get you out of my mind. She's like, so I hope this blesses you. And it was right after I had sowed that seed. That's right. Yeah. It was a couple hundred bucks or something, wasn't it? Thank God. Thank God. Boy, you know, $200 don't seem like much till you need $200. Amen. <laughs> Isn't that right? Isn't that right? <laughs> but you, you got to think about it. Don't let it be a giant. Some of y'all, you know, some of y'all, there have been times, $200, let's go out to eat. Um, now, I know some of you have never, maybe never been there. Yeah, some of you are like, $200 to eat? Are you kidding me? I, I could buy some shoes and some socks. And some, I could buy four suits. <laughs> Pastor Eddie, we were at the, <laughs> we was eating dinner. Uh, happy birthday, Pastor Eddie. This is the uh, day after Annie's birthday. So happy day after your birthday, baby. She likes to celebrate all month. I don't even, I don't even get a birthday because we're still celebrating her birth on my birth. On, on my birthday, she's like, happy birthday to me, you know, 20 days later. Amen. But no. But anyhow, uh, we was at dinner last night. I took Pastor Annie out and she was talking about how, man, for uh, 80K, you can buy a house. Tell you how long she'd been uh, looking at house prices. <laughs> Tyler and Ada looked at her and said, What? <laughs> I mean, you can live in a car for $80,000. <laughs> Not anymore, right? Uh, but my dad, that's actually what he paid for his house when he bought it uh, back, in the, uh, back, in the, back in the 90s. Not that long ago. Thanks, Joe Biden. But anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> Any other questions? <laughs> I know. I know I say that. There'll be somebody here get their drawers in a bunch because I say, thanks, Joe Biden. Like, <laughs> get a life. <clears throat> no? No other questions? All right, man. We're good. We're golden. We're golden. Praise God. Praise God. Boy, I got five minutes too. Hmm. Yeah, put, write, write this down. We won't talk about it today. I'm just going to give this to you. Write this down. Number one. Well, we already got number one, don't we? And that was uh, um, got to be fully persuaded, didn't we? Fully persuaded. If, you, if you're going to prosper, you got to be fully persuaded it's God's plan, number one. And uh, scripture for that was uh, 3 John, 
Verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. God's, it is God's plan. You have to become fully persuaded it is God's plan to prosper you. Psalm uh, 35, chapter 35, verse 27. Uh, 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 Third John 2. Third John, verse 2. Um, beloved, I wish above all things. And then uh, Psalm chapter 35, verse 27. Um, let them shout for joy and be glad and favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually that the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God is pleased when his servants prosper. So God... God wants you to, pro you can never, listen, you can never believe otherwise. If you let yourself believe otherwise, you will set yourself back. Not that it will, it will hinder God's, it'll only hinder God's blessing in this way. You will not position yourself to receive it. But it doesn't change God's position. God's position is always, God doesn't withhold from you. Everything God has for you, he's already released it toward you. It's only because of the position that you take that keeps you from receiving it. And once you position yourself with the word of God, you align yourself to be able to receive. It's like if, if, if I said, hey, you could have a drink of this. Everybody come get a drink. And I start going like this. Well, the only way you're going to get a drink is if you come position yourself for one. It's flowing. You just got to come get in position to receive it. And see, that's the same way with the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord has already been poured out. You just got to position yourself to receive it. And once you get in that position, forget it. Uh, the word of God, obedience. Yeah, that obedience. So you say, well, does the position change? Well, yeah, it changes. Yeah, it changes. Because you know what, if you, let, let, me, let, me, let me say this. Say that uh, I, I had a, I had a oh. well, oh. well, I'll, I'll, I'll use myself. I don't want to put anybody out there. I'll put myself out there. When I, uh, when I first started, when I first started hearing the Lord talk to me about wanting to bless us financially, uh, we weren't we weren't uh, we weren't tithers. We weren't offering givers. Now, I, I, well, I shouldn't say that. We would give when the Lord told us. <laughs> right, isn't, that, isn't that accurate, babe? If the Lord told us to do something, we do it. And I don't think we were real joyful about it. You know, you know what I'm saying? There were times that we felt good about it when we had a lot of money. But when we didn't have a lot of money, it was like, well, they don't need it. That, I mean, we need it. What about me? And I was at Brother Hagin's meeting, and, and I just preached a revival, and they gave me uh, $600 in the offering. And I was generous and gave someone $100. Because they, I knew they had a need, and I was generous. I gave them $100. I was like, praise God, I did my duty. I went to Brother Hagin's meeting in Tulsa, and I'm sitting there in the first meeting. Brother Hagin says, we're taking an expense offering. We're going to minister. You know, we got these ministers, and so we're going to take an offering for the expense of these meetings. Do what the Holy Ghost tells you to do. Spirit of God told me, give the rest. I'm like, that's $500, Lord. Lord said, give it. I was like. Jesus, I can't give that. 
I got to have money. I got to pay a hotel. I got to get, I got to pay gas to get home. I can't do that. Anybody else? Why, why does he, why is he always meeting us at that place where we can't, we don't feel like we can meet? He wants to meet us in places we can't meet. Well, wait a minute. Maybe we can meet there. It's just us that thinks we can't meet there. Man, I was like, mm -mm. I got out a $20 bill. Listen, $20, that was a good offering in my mind. I got out of 20, I was like, Yeah, man. I was like, Brother Hagin's praying over the offering. I got my offering in there. You know, that offering didn't mean a thing to God. Because it, it wasn't given in obedience. I was trying to tip God. I was trying to tip God. Pacify him. That offering bucket came by. I dropped that 20 in the offering. You know, God didn't quit. God didn't quit pestering me. He kept pestering me and pestering me. I mean, he kept pestering me. And finally, man, I finally, I was like, okay. I went to the back. I saw the ushers. They had stacks of Kentucky Fried Chicken containers. You understand? Buckets like a Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket. They had stacks of them back there that had offering in them. I went back there and I said, wait a minute. And guy looks at me like, dude, we just passed the offering. You should have, you know, I could tell they're in a hurry to get the back. And I wasn't joyful. The Bible said God loves a cheerful giver. So I, I was like, hold on a minute. Woo! I, I was trying to work something up, you know. I'm like, woo! <laughs> I did my best. I did my best, Brandon. I know my best wasn't good enough, but I did my best. I was like, ha, 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 and I dropped it in there. I'm like, glory to God. <laughs> and I went and sat down. I was thinking, I knew Ted didn't have no money. I, Ted came with me. He was counting on money to get back and for the hotel. And, and I'm like, dear God, meeting's over with. And I saw Brother Copeland. Brother Copeland was there. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to go say hi to Brother Copeland. <laughs> I always get myself in trouble that way, boy. I'm going to go say hello to Brother I'm going to go say hello to Brother Copeland. And so I start, I, start, I start over there. Sure enough, man, you know, security. Yeah. You know, they stopped me. And uh, anyway, I was bummed out. So I went, I went, walked away, and as I'm walking away, someone came, hey, Brother Ziggy, <laughs> shook my hand, and there was some paper in that hand. Oh, yeah. That happened to me a lot. Oh, yeah. Is one of them Pentecostal handshakes. Oh, yeah. Had some money in there. Of course, I, I didn't, I didn't look at it, because, you know, you learn in church, you don't make a big, you know, it's not like you open it up and go, hey, glory, woo, glory. Now you play it cool. You're like, amen, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, amen. <laughs> Had about four people do that to me. Do you know God gave me every bit of that money I sold in that offering? He didn't give me no more, though. And I was like, Lord, your word says that 
It'll be good measure, press down, shake it together. Run. You know what he told me? He said, boy, he said, I just wanted you to be obedient and show you that if you would give, I'd give back to you. He said, the good measure, the press down, the shaking together, he said, he said, that cometh. He said, but I just wanted you to know that I'd get it back to you. If I ask you for it, I can get it back to you. I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know what? I, rejo I learned how to rejoice. I learned how to trust God. Amen. 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 But don't, listen, don't, don't think you can't meet God at that place where he's asking you to go. I, listen, I've, I've done it. Oh, yeah. I, there might be another preacher you hear that maybe they'll tell stories like this and it might be a lie. I don't know. All I know is what God did for me. Oh, and I'm, I'm, look, look at me, y'all. I'm telling you as your pastor, you can have confidence in this. I know that this works. I know this work because it's worked for me. God does these things for me. Now, you know what? Any yay who can come up in here and try to bring into question the validity of what I'm saying, they haven't lived with me. My, my wife lives with me. She'll tell you straight up. She has watched it happen supernaturally right before her eyes when she wasn't really believing God for as much as I was. Now, see, we start out not tithing and offering giving. But then as we increased in knowledge, as we started walking in more light, to whom much was given, much was required. So at first, we, at first, you know, we're, we're getting closer to where it's coming out, and we're not really getting under the flow. We're just getting the splash. Listen, when you get in the splash, it's better not get nothing. But you can't be satisfied with it. You can't, you can't be satisfied with a little dab. You're promised overflow. Overflow. Oh, you and the, the closer you get, the more you position, it, you start to get over in that flow. That's the only way I can explain it. But it got harder and harder. I mean, Annie was the one that encouraged us to tithe, but then I started getting out there, and she's like, wait a minute. Why are you so, here, you, you know, when, when we purchased airplane, I'm like, I'm sowing a seed toward that airplane. She's like, what are you talking about? It's your airplane. I said, no, it's the Lord's airplane. I got to sow toward it. We had to sow toward it personally. She's like, we ain't got to do nothing. But slowly, she began to, you know, she began a revelation. Right, baby? You get a revelation. She like, mm-hmm. <laughs> true. It's true. But the closer you press in, the more you press in. More God bless you. All right, is that it? Are we done? Praise the Lord. All right, praise, praise Jesus. Who is a little laid back tonight? I think it might have been the heat. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring up some uh, dry ice up in here and really cool it off. You know, everybody see my, well, it's not mine, my green Lima being out there, but um, I've been believing for my car, you know, and, um, you know, credit challenges and all of that, and, you know, getting out there sewing. But well, one of the things I want to say, it's not easy now to sew a thousand. It was really, really, really hard because when I first met Pastor D, I, I think I was even worse. But anyway, <laughs> I'm saying because I'm having to walk these things out right now, like, not being satisfied personally for myself and really identifying in my life 
the things that I'm not meeting. So here lately, um, I just feel like I'm going back to school, but not like starting over, but like things that I feel like I missed or recognize that I have religion on. Like you killed the cow tonight. Like, but it's like the attitude where you were talking about the mind, the transformation of the mind, because um, since we've been talking about um, prosperity, you know, the mindset, it's like different things of how we respond or do. I'm having to, I'm willingly trying to do differently. And so looking for a car has been a process for me because I base it on kind of like what you're saying, what God has done for others in that positioning. And so I remember just being mad, like just mad at God, like why I'm not receiving what I know the word says. And looking at either my personal life or performances of things that are not pleasing to God. But here lately, um, just really bringing him to his word um, about some things. And so I, it, the car market was crazy, and, you know, you had prophesied about it or whatever, about the car market and the housing market. So the thing is, I don't know, like, what my current circumstance was. Just long story short, God really, I get to possess what the word says now because I met a, a, a man, and it was like in Yukon, I was just driving around, just really feeling drawn to this um, car lot. Come to find out, he's a man of God, and I invited him to our church, so I hope him and his wife comes. But... When someone says to you, I'm praying and believing God with you. Like, I didn't even know the man. I just felt drawn to him. The car lot. And it wasn't a lot of cars, but I just, it was just something about him. And then he began, as I got to know him, his testimony. And I have not been getting approved for a car loan, but I got approved for a car loan. And it really means a lot to me because... My circumstance was saying you got to go to a buy here, pay here that will give you a terrible interest rate. But not only that, you're going to get a, a car that has a, over 100,000 miles. Like literally that was what was being out there. And um, then they would approve me, but it still didn't feel right in my spirit. And so I'll be, you know, talking with Miss Rhonda about it. You know, she's a woman of faith and power. And she's like, $500. I'm like, girl. Ma'am, <laughs> I mean, I'm believing at least a thousand, you know. And one day I was just in prayer and I was just like, God, I'm settled on a thousand. I'm not giving nothing but a thousand. And so today, you know, it's just been, I was still looking, didn't go dormant. I mean, I almost ruined my credit. What tanked even lower trying to look, right? But I'm here to tell you, like, my credit went up in um, yesterday. I just went and talked to him, and it was just like, I know the Lord was working. And it, I, in my head, I really was like, and I could hear Hilda say, don't think about what happened last time, because she was the first one to me had said that. I had heard, you know, that, you know, God don't want us to think about, you know, how things happened in the past. And I was like, Lord, I just, I know, because I know they've been like, no. And then, you know. I was just like, Lord, I believe you for this, man. I know your word works. 
And when I tell you, I was kind of like fumbling to like drop off the application because I was like, no, forget what your head is saying. You know, and not trying to go on the past, but I was and, and I was working off a revelation about, you know, God, you have given me gave me cars, but I just want to keep what you give to me. And I received that revelation of how to do it. And it's by sewing. I've been sewing my way out of some things. So two things I want to say. It was hard to give a thousand, but now every time I get below, I go back up to a thousand, like of my personal money. Right. Praise God. But the other thing is the seat for a thousand to give on my down payment on the car was easy because of what God is doing about me sowing, and so I'm reaping a thousand. So I was like, now to hear a thousand, it's like, that's all? He was like, yeah, but really the down payment was like 1,500, 2,000. He was like, you know what? You said a thousand. I'm gonna meet you at a thousand. The car dealer man said that to me, the owner of the car dealership. So I go to possess a car. Now the thing about these cars is they're under 100,000, brand new, nice cars, clean cars, they're like 2,900 miles, 50,000 miles. And it's like, if I'm going to rebuild my credit or whatever, because I have to understand, I have to start somewhere, right? But being faithful for that, it's just, it's something not I can do, but the Lord is helping me do. But I can feel great and confident in a car that it ain't like going to break down. You know what I'm saying? Like, like God is looking out for me because it's like, you, you may not get, it's not that I'm not getting the car that I want. It's the car that I need in this season. But not only that, it's prepared and it's designed for me to keep my car in my budget, right? Because now I'm, I'm really working off of a budget. But not only that, it's like, he's like, I'm going to provide you with insurance. So everything is like falling in the place that is, I'm not gonna go out of budget, but I'm not just like haphazardly investing in something that may fail, cause I've done that before. Never buy a 99 cent down car, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've done all the things wrong out of mm. desperation, out of fear, out of all these things. So finally, praise God. that even though I got my BMW taken, I, I am grateful that it didn't have me, but it's like, when you drive a BMW, it's like, man, that's the best. But it's like, I know God can give me another one, but I'm, I'm grateful because I'm building something foundationally that's gonna last me a lifetime. So I praise God for that, amen. Yeah, there's something, there's something to living within your means. and. You you got it. You know, you you talk about we talk when we talk about supernatural increase. Some people they think that to uh, to walk in the blessing of the Lord. Like I've had people tell me they're like, "Man, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna get me a. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Someone bought a bed that was. They bought a three thousand dollar bed, Miss Rhonda. A three thousand dollar bed." It's like you made a mistake. That's what you did. You made, They got it on 24% interest, and they was like, glory to God, this supernatural increase. I said, no, that's supernatural stupid. 
that that's not that's not supernatural increase. You know, we when you got to go into hock for your bed, and you and you said, well, it's comfortable. I said, but you, uh, what you got to be thinking about is whether it tastes good because you might have to eat it. You know what I'm saying? That's that. That that really we you got you got to you got to know the difference between what is increase, what's supernatural increase, and then what is, you know, us getting out there and doing something that we think is supernatural. You know, Tyler, when he was younger, when he first got born again and Lord started, he started traveling with me and he started getting revelation on supernatural increase. He, dude, would give everything. I think he gave 12 iPads, 12 iPads. Every, he said, uh, he said, the Lord ever let you keep any of your money? Because he was giving everything. Every dime he made, he would sow. And I said, yeah, well, Tyler, the Lord let me keep, he lets me keep a lot of it. I said, but there was a time that I, that I was given that way. And I just had to be obedient to the Lord and do what he told me to do. And, um, and the, but some of it, I said, make sure that you're not trying to prove to God. You can't, God's not looking for you to prove anything to him. God's just looking for you to be obedient to him. And sometimes we want to do extra to be like, God, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to give it all. God don't need for you to prove nothing to him. God knows what's in your heart. But if you'll be obedient to him, that's what he's looking for. He's just looking for you to do what he says to do. And you know what, he, you know what else he's looking for you to do? To not do what he don't tell you to do. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for you to follow him. And if you'll follow him, he's not looking for you to prove nothing to him. He's looking for you to follow him. If he can get you to follow him, then he can lead you to the blessing. And uh, so uh, think about those things. Many times the Lord, you know, he's not, God's not going to send you to get a, you know, a, this isn't like the Lord to send you to get a, a you know, $3,000 suit of clothes when you can't take care of a $200 suit. I mean, if you can't afford to send your $50 suit to the dry cleaner, why are you going to get a $3,000 suit? So you got you to you determine where your faith is at. Um, who was Fred Price? He'd say, some people trying to get a Cadillac on Volkswagen faith. And so we got to determine where, where we're at. And we start where we're at. It's not where we want to be, but that's, that's where we begin. We started very similarly to, you know, we were at a buy here, pay here. We were financially in a bad way. We was in a Honda hatchback Honda Civic that was from a buy here, pay here. This is Annie and I. We had had a car towed away in repossession. And we were going through the ringer financially at one time. It was, it was bad. But we trusted the Lord. You know, we didn't, we didn't immediately uh, receive a BMW. You know, what was the first car we got, Mom, after that Honda it was a... Oh, it sure was a BMW. It was, uh, we went from that Honda to uh, another Honda. That's right. We got another Honda. And then from that Honda, we went into a an Infiniti. And from an Infiniti, we went to a an older 3 Series BMW. And then from that 3 Series, no, yeah, 3 Series BMW. From that 3 Series BMW, we went to a... Uh, uh, five series BMW, five series into an X5, and uh, you know, it was it was progression. We were we were moving forward in our faith. We were moving oh, yeah. forward in our faith, and so 
you got to move forward in your faith. Here's what you can't do. You can't, you can't go into it thinking you're going to lose it. Because when you've been in poverty, that's what poverty will tell you. What you going to do when, this, when all your money's gone? What are you going to do when this blessing stops? That's what, you, that's, that's what the enemy try to come. That's the, that's the other lie he'll tell you. Once you're, once you're over there in the overflow, you got a half a million dollars in the bank, you know what he'll say? What about when that runs out? <laughs> well, you got to the place where you have a half a million in the bank. If you got a half a million in the bank, God got you there once, he'll get you there again. Well, what if it's all gone? I've lived with all gone, and I'm still here. You know when the devil comes threaten me with that? I'm like, I've been there. They had my poster at the credit union. At the, at the credit union, don't, don't give this man money. Don't open him an account. At the credit bureau, we was at the, listen, the credit, there's an alarm sound at the credit bureau when our stuff went through. Wah, wah, wah. Everybody knew. They're like, oh, they trying again. <laughs> so then when people would threaten me, well, we're going to put you in the credit bureau. I'd be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Been there, done that, bought the teacher. Come you ain't scaring me, devil. One lady threatened me. I was trying to see if she would let us get out of a lease in an apartment so we could move into a house. And she's like, I'll put you at the credit bureau. I said, I was just asking. I said, I said, that's no threat to me. I said, I've been at the credit bureau. I said, listen, I can disappear. I'm good at it. <laughs> I've done that. I listen. I have. I, I know how to disappear. You won't even find me. There won't be any wages to garnish. You understand what I'm saying? They will just go poof, and that'll be. I'm good at this. That's where I come from. So I'm not. I'm not a scared of no career. I just laughed. I'm like, I'll just pay you the rent, move out. I don't care. You're gonna have an empty apartment here, but. She's talking to me like I was all low class, Lewis. Like I was trying to get out of, like I was trying to get, like I was trying to get one over on her. Well, I ain't trying to do you no wrong. I think I, I think I even wrote her a check for three months rent that day. I said, here, let me write you a check for three months. Ease your mind. You, you, you look a little stressed out. Like you about to, you, a vein about to pop out of your head. Here, calm down. There's a little extra in there. Get you a cup of coffee or something. <laughs> And we, we moved out of that apartment and moved into the house, paid, paid a mortgage and the apartment. We were not even living there. Paid it for six months. It's like, we'll pay it. We, 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 we was hoping you'd help us where we wouldn't have to and would work with us. But obviously, you need the money more than we do. So we'll go ahead and pay you. Glory to God. Boy, you know how good that felt? It did. It did. And you know what? I wasn't as scared. Because the Lord brought us the house. It was a half a million dollar house. The Lord gave it to us for in three hundreds. Amen. Amen. We was the only color in the neighborhood. <laughs> there weren't even no Asians in that neighborhood. It was just Annie and I, and they thought I was the gardener to be given. They thought Ted, they thought Ted owned the house. They thought I was the uh, they thought I was the landscaper. They did. <laughs> and then the cops came to my house. They're like, told you, we knew there was trouble, the Mexicans. But anyway, I won't tell you that story today. Praise God. Boy, y'all are awfully, 
uh, Pepe today. He's awfully chatty. Keep it down a little bit. <laughs> no, I love you guys. I appreciate you. Listen, uh, supernatural increase headed your way. Amen. You'll say what you have, you'll have what you say. Amen. Doors of opportunity are opening for you today. Glory to God. Supernatural increase headed your way. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the anointing. We pray, Lord, that you'll continue to raise up your people. <laughs> Help us, God, to see, to hear, to know, to obey, to respond to you, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we will forever uh, honor you in all that you uh, put within our hands. May we be faithful, good stewards with what you entrust us with. And Lord, may we be a blessing to your kingdom, to you, your kingdom, to one another. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Everybody that believed it said amen. Amen. amen.